Morning. Good to see all of you and for all of you joining us online. Awesome to have you. There's a phrase that I've found myself saying a lot in the last two years. I've adopted it. I didn't write it. I didn't make it up, but I really like it. So I say it all the time and it's this. When you find yourself, when you've climbed to the top of a mountain, you owe it to yourself to enjoy the view. And the reason I love this phrase is one, because it's been a, a crazy bit of time here, right? And there's been a lot of mountains that a lot of different people in a lot of different capacities have climbed over time. But what I keep finding is that everybody just keeps like getting to the top of a moment and then just saying, all right, what's next, next mountain? Or like tumbling their way down that one and being like, all right, there's another one to climb. And, and educators, if you're an educator and you're joining us, you guys aren't always the best at this. I'm gonna put that out there. And I can say that honestly, I know that sounds terrible. I'm married to one. I'm married to a teacher. And what I often see happening is that every year and when, when the school year ends, it's like, oh gosh, I'm so tired. I got through that moment. And then it's like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm done. And then, and then another August comes. And it's like, okay, another mountain. Let's rise to this. And usually that hits in July, right? Because there's in-service trainings and all the different things that educators do all the time. And so this just sort of happens. And then what never ends up happening is nobody ever pauses to be like, what was amazing about what I just did? Because here's the thing. You guys may not know this or you may not pause to realize this, but you're amazing human beings. You're absolutely amazing human beings. You're doing things, you're innovating, you're changing, you're adapting, you're having all of these relentless moments occurring constantly with kids who are endless surprises of, of amazingness and crazy all at the same time, and families and parents and administrations and all kinds of different things, and, and it's so complicated. You've, you climb a mountain every single year. This year, this year, because of the year that it has been and because of the complexity that has exist, existed here as a church, we want to pause at the top of the mountain. And some of you guys are probably like, it's not the end of May yet. I know, <laughs> I know. We're so close though. You're so close to this. And so if we could take today to just say, we're almost there. Let's pause for a moment. Let's take a good look around. And let's just, as a church together, enjoy the view. And, and let's celebrate that together. There's a passage out of the Bible. It's in the book of Ecclesiastes, one of my favorite books in the entire Bible, because it's all about like, what is the meaning of life? And what should I give myself to? And all of these things. And I love those kind of questions. Ecclesiastes 5.8 says this. Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun the few days of his life that God has given, for this is his lot. When you read that passage, some of you may find yourself being like, I don't enjoy toil. And I don't enjoy toiling under the sun because we live in Arizona, right? So there's just a part of that that's just like, wait, what? What I love about this passage and what it's acknowledging is it's not saying it has to be one or the other. So what it's not saying is like, everything's shiny, happy, and amazing. And what it's also not saying is like, everything's terrible. There's toil, a word that's like hard work and perseverance and endurance and striving and all that energy that goes into that. That's difficult at times. And what it's saying is find a moment, find a way, even in that, to enjoy this thing. Does that mean smile all the time? No, there's going to be difficult moments. I think it's recognizing if you're going to climb a mountain, you may as well pause to enjoy the view. And so I want to take a moment for all of us to see just what that mountain looked like in this last year. Some of you have kids and your parents and your kids are in school or were this over the course of this last year. And you're like, yes. And some of you teachers just saw all of those and you're like, too soon, right? Because all of that happened. So every slide you just saw, and I know it was quick, but was essentially this last year 
each one was an executive order about would what would happen in schools or what wouldn't happen in schools, which corresponded with districts and people and everybody adapting like crazy over and over and over again, and families adapting like crazy. Some of you parents are like, yes, we felt all of those moments, still do in some ways. This is a pretty significant mountain to climb in a given year. This wasn't just a normal year, was it? It's pretty different. And so I wanted you to hear, and I want you to hear over the course of this morning, just some of the perspective there. I want to invite Stacy out. Stacy is our student ministries pastor, and you, many of you guys probably met her. Welcome, Stacy. Good morning. Good to have you. So what's really unique about what you do is Stacy gets to interact with students and parents and on occasion reaches out to faculty and education, educators as just part of being a student ministries pastor. And so I know this last year you've had a couple of really meaningful or enlightening conversations. Enlightening, yes. Yeah, and I was wondering if you could share some of those just so that we can all get the same view, essentially, as you have every perspective. Absolutely, yeah? yes. Like you said, just tons of conversations with students and families, but... One that recently happened was I got to meet with a couple of different youth um, volunteers and workers, and what they were expressing is that they were worried about some of the stress levels and some of the things that students have been through. And after seeing that concern, I decided to call the counselor from over here at Ironwood Ridge High School just to ask her from her perspective, like, what are you seeing for students and faculty and family uh, during this time? And, you know, she shared that for a really large portion of her job this last year, she's actually been helping educators and teachers navigate all of their anxieties and their fear and their anger. I mean, you guys saw that slideshow, like faculty just being pulled in so many different directions. But she was really clear to say, students and families have been being pulled in all of those directions too this year. It has been just as difficult and trying for students and families. And she just shared story after story of students that she would have experienced as being very like talkative and very engaged in school or engaged in sports and just very alive in front of her. And as the year has gone on, she just saw them feel more isolated or more lonely or or just experienced like less talking from them and less engagement. And she said she just kept hearing from students over and over like, but why bother? But what is the point of this? But how long is that really going to last? Can I really trust that they're going to show up for me that way? And she just, it was really heartbreaking to hear from her of students and families right here in our community and the stress that they were going through this last year. It was really tough to hear in that conversation. It was a pretty significant amount of climb. <laughs> it was a very significant, right? yes. Yeah, and many of you know this and you feel this because you've seen this with your own student. If you're a parent in here, you felt this. I was on a Zoom call uh, here at Casas with some of our staff, and one of the persons said, I'm sorry, two of my coworkers are being crazy right now. I need to go. And I'm like, you don't have any coworkers? You're home. And then I realized this is, what, this is the language she's used to be like, my six-year-old isn't doing what she needs to do with school right now. And my seven-year-old, like, I've got to go in the other room and solve this in the midst of a meeting while they're trying to work. Some of you guys have felt a lot of these things. Yeah, yeah. And you've heard about some of this too, right, as far as parents. and. You know what's so interesting about conversations with families is some of you guys in here and some of in your circles handled this virtual schooling like a boss. Like, you were ready to be online from home. We talked to a fifth-grade student, mm-hmm. and she was saying this last year she's living her best life. Life. Like she just got to hang out in her pajamas and do school in her bed. And she was fine. Like she's all about it. She did also say that she does school every day with a bucket full of marshmallows in her bed, which I love is like the parent strategy to be like, stay here more. And it's like every day, it's like, <laughs> yeah. just add more marshmallows to the bucket. Like it's going to be okay. We're going to make it through. Yeah. It was a very unique best life. <laughs> it was. She was living That'd it. be my best life too. But then there's these other stories of family on the other side that you would describe this last year as chaos. Right. I spent my husband, 
husband and I spent 48 hours helping my sister and we just watched her fourth grader and her fifth grader for two days do virtual schooling and it was exhausting. I have no idea how families have been doing this for almost an entire year. I was telling you earlier, I immediately had to steal a line from Incredibles. Like, did you guys know they changed math? <laughs> like, I never thought I'd be sitting next to a fourth grader trying to relearn math, like with her at the same time. And yet the parents in here and the families in here, you've been relearning math and all the subjects all year long because you've kind of had to be the homeschool teacher for your kids all year. And for many of you, you're also navigating that, like you said, working from home and having kids like burst in on a Zoom call or talk over your phone call. Like I know families who have had to start scheduling, it's almost like office hours with their kids in the midst of their actual Google calendar to make sure they have time with them through the day. You know the world has changed pretty significantly when you as a parent are making Google calendar appointments with your kid to help with homework, right? Like, it, it's kind of complicated. My daughter will come to me now every now and then and say, Dad, can you answer a question on my math problem or do I need to Google it? And like nine times out of 10, I'm just like, keep Go on Google keeping that. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know the answer to yeah, this it's already. Tough. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, but you know, in the midst of that too, I do work primarily with middle school and high school. And I know that those parents have faced unique challenges because you've watched your students miss out on routine and, and spend the whole day in their rooms by themselves or lose out on sports. And I know I've gotten the emails, I've had the conversations, the concern for your kid and the concern for their mental health. And it's such a unique struggle that families have had to go through this last year. Right. But even in the midst of all of that, it was actually really encouraging to talk to families about how much they've been showing up for each other. Like they've been navigating all of their own stress and difficulties and life going on, and yet they're showing up for other families. Like I know families who invited students over so they could sit around the dining room table. Granted, they're all still behind their screens, mm -hmm. but at least they get to sit by a friend while they do that. Or families who are entirely virtual, reaching out to encourage each other in some way to be like, you're not alone in this. I see you and I see the struggle that you're going through. And so, yeah, as we talk about all of this today for families, I mean, it has been a privilege to watch what families have been through this last year and how selflessly families have been stepping out to help each other also. It's been an right. incredible thing to watch this year. So you are a leader around here. You get to interact a lot with families and kids and just like the whole gamut. What, what encouragement, with your unique perspective, what encouragement would you offer to each of us? So this last week, I actually got to talk to you, but a few of our seniors and sit down and say, to be encouraged, like, what would that mean to you? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we were talking about this section in the book of John where Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he's actually pretty honest as Jesus can be. And he's like, life is actually going to be really difficult. You're going to have really tough days where you face fear or anxiety or anger or not knowing what the day might look like or feeling overwhelmed. And like in this very low moment, Jesus actually has these words of encouragement that I wanted to share. And it's John 16, verse 33. And he says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. Because in this world, you're going to have trouble, but I want you to take heart for I have overcome the world. And then, I mean, to students in here and students who are online, like I see you guys, 
And you guys have been through something incredible this last year. And I have a suspicion, if you look back over your year, you would describe it as anything but awesome or as anything but peaceful, or you at least have moments that did not feel that way. But I have also watched you be clever and creative and compassionate with each other. I know best friends who counted how many days between they got, when they got to see each other, and they got to over 150 days between seeing their person. It's a big deal when you're a student. Yes, it makes me sad. But there's other stories of students who would jog to their best friend's house and the friend would sit up on the roof while he stood on down, like down on the road so that they could at least talk to each other. And I also talked to like students who took advantage of being online and they actually, like this senior went and got his aviation license. Like he took advantage of the time to get ready for the next step in life. And then last night we actually had the honor to host a high school senior prom because a lot of our seniors aren't getting any of those moments and to watch these seniors walk in fully dressed up in their formal gear, ready to have pictures, ready to just recognize everything that you guys have been through and get to celebrate it. Like what you're saying to get up to the top of the mountain and to recognize you guys have been through a lot as students. And so I hope that in the midst of that, you know, Jesus loves you and is this source of peace, even on your worst day, even in the worst day that was this last year, even in the worst day you will face, that Jesus is absolutely for you. And then one last thing I did want to say for students, because I'm up here and I get to, is (laughs) students, if you are in here, if you are a part of Cassis in any way, I hope you know this is a place that is for you. The people in this room, the people on this stage cheer for you all the time, and we're so proud of everything that you overcame this last year, of everything that you faced and everything that you were brave through. But I also hope you know we are so excited and thrilled for whatever your next step is gonna look like. So if you're a kid and a middle schooler and a high schooler, absolutely, please. (laughs) We are absolutely for you guys and think that you're awesome. So we are glad that you're here. We do. I love your heart. (laughs) Can you tell she's a student ministries pastor? (laughs) can't help that. So I would love, I know we just applauded. I'd love to just take a moment of collective solidarity, whether you're at home or on, like you're online or you're with us in person, just let's acknowledge a lot of parents, a lot of families, a lot of grandparents. It, it takes a whole village at times, right? Have walked through some significant moments this last year and you've made your way up to the top of a mountain. And as a church, can we just collectively say, we see you and we love you just by a show of applause, round of applause. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you. Good to have you. Thanks. See, these are these big moments. It would be so easy to find ourselves just May ends and then, okay, what's June hold? And then next August, and how are we going to solve the next thing that's in front of us? Or what are we going to do? This matters. Stuff has been formed in us. Beautiful moments, but difficult moments have occurred. And, and so this is so good. I'm so glad we get to do this together as a church. I uh, want to invite two more special human beings out here, uh, both of whom happen to be educators. One is a teacher, teaches uh, special needs students, and the other is uh, an administrator here at our own school. So the first is Sarah Nagoski. Um, we can all welcome Sarah. So Sarah is a teacher in the TUSD district and is kind enough to join us today. And the second is Josh Kempf, and he isn't just a worship leader, if that's the only way you've known him, he's our school principal. Yeah. And we love you, love our school, good to have you, Josh. Yeah, cool. So. Um, Sarah, you as a teacher, you just called me sir. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, I've known Sarah for a long time. So Sarah, as a teacher, um, you have had a front row seat to just 
what it is to be a teacher, what you have walked through this last year and all this complexity and all the different things. And I just wondered so that we can learn, because not all of us get to see that or be a part of that, if you'd share maybe just what, what that's been like for you personally this sure. last year. Sure. So I'm a teacher at Blinman Elementary School. It's in TUSD in the middle of the city. And boy, I'm, now I'm trying to go back to the start of it all. I, I had a son who was a senior last year and a daughter who was a senior in college and one in Rwanda who all of a sudden was being evacuated and had to come back. She was in the Peace Corps. And all because of COVID. All because of COVID. Right. So that's what we were kind of, everything was starting, you know, as everybody experienced, shutting down on us. And we went to spring break to then not come back in person. So that, yeah, it was kind of a new learning for Which all of us. kind of a rude awakening, right? Because yeah. then you suddenly didn't come back to in person. What'd you come back to and what was that like? So a lot of our families at my school, we have a very low income um, community that I teach at in we, in fact, we qualify for free meals for all kids, even siblings of kids at our school. Breakfast and lunch we serve daily. Uh, so a lot of these kids, they don't have internet at home. They didn't have computers. And our school district was not one where some school districts, they provide computers for every student that they have in it, but ours did not have that. So, and just in case you guys don't know, the reason, part of the reason breakfast and lunch is provided is for many of the students that Sarah works with, if you don't feed those students, they actually don't get to eat. Like the, the school has become an integrated part of that community in a way that like it's, it's actually helping feed kids that would have otherwise gone without, right? And I think the school districts in Tucson have done a really good job through this whole process. We had buses that would show up and you could come and say, I've got six kids at home and they would give you six meals for two meals a day for each child that they showed up for. Right. So you had a fire drill this last week, which I want you to share the story only because it, it so illustrates the complexity of like being in person and hybrid and all the things at the same time that teachers are walking through. Yeah, so we had a, our first fire drill back and I had a group of fourth grade or fifth graders. So two girls were with me in person and then I had two boys online through Zooms. And, and the boys are a little silly. I'm a special ed teacher and so they... Um, they were doing their own thing, and all of a sudden, we the fire drill hit, and I was saying to the boys, please don't leave the Zoom, stay on, we'll be right back. So the girls and I had to go out and walk out to the field, and we come back on, and I saw the two boys playing through the Zoom on the screen, and I didn't want to interrupt it. It was pretty cute that they were interacting with each other, both from their own homes on Zoom. What, yeah. what I love about this story, can you imagine being a teacher normally, trying to like keep everybody corralled, and then going, wait, we're going to have a fire drill. You two young boys, stay put. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you just like walk out. There's no teacher ever right, doing a fire drill happen. normally. Yeah. But then the beautiful thing of like, they're actually connecting and these boys probably don't always see people. No, no. And one of them was new to our school. So I was actually really glad that they had a chance to talk a little bit. But it sounds like it's pretty complicated walking through that as a teacher. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you also are just a fellow faculty member, right? You get to see other teachers and faculty navigate this stuff. What's that been like for you? It's, it's been tough. I think the younger teachers had a little bit easier of a time kind of getting into the swing of being on Zoom and finding a platform to teach and creating their Bitmoji teacher avatars, which we all tried to do. And I had to get walked through that because I couldn't figure it out. But anyways, we, um, we've discovered fun different um, sites like a book site that hopefully my students all love reading now. They would tell me which books they had found on it and we would go search it down when we were together. 
but a lot of the teachers felt very overwhelmed. You know, it was, it was new. This isn't how we work with our students or interact with them. So it was really overwhelming and frustrating and just feeling like you're not doing enough for the kids. And, and now with hybrid, I hear the teachers say a lot that um, they feel like they're ignoring the kids that are at home or not able to attend to their needs or figure out what it is that they're missing or need help with. Uh, and, and then they feel like they're ignoring the kids that are in person sometimes. or So it gets a little tricky. It's a lot of moving parts, a lot to manage. Yeah. 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 And then Sarah, you, when you started your, your, and I'm gonna ask you this story just to share the story only because so often we just see an educator as like, that's, they're an educator. And we forget, like they're navigating all of this stuff like we did, like just as everybody else. And they're also an educator in some of these regards. And so when you guys started the school year, you started in kind of a difficult way. Yeah, yeah. We had a kinder teacher who, um, struggled with anxiety and depression and everybody just thought she was having a hard time because of that. But what we didn't realize is that there was actually some kind of infection inside her body. And because of COVID and all the don't go to hospitals, don't go, you know, overwhelm anything. But she didn't have COVID. She was just scared, like many of us remember, like to go to a hospital at that time. So Right. So she didn't go and they finally talked her into taking a family leave for a month to try to just catch her breath and get herself together a little bit. And she signed the papers on Thursday, I wanna say it was, was back at school on Friday, creating sub plans and trying to get everything set up. And she passed away by that Monday. And none of us had a clue that we were not gonna see her again. Um, and it left a whole little group of kindergartners without their teacher and a whole school community that had had this lady in their life for the past 30 years. So you guys are wrestling with complexity of what this looked like in your own life while also trying to figure out how to do all the different things that, that this year has required of you. And so that's a lot. I see that. Um, Sarah, if you could, because you're a teacher. So, I mean, I can try to encourage a teacher all day, but it's a different thing to hear somebody collectively represent teachers and say, I see you. So for you, if you could offer your fellow educators any kind of encouragement here today, what would it be? I think, I think we're doing more than what we realize what we're doing and to try to hang in there and I know everyone's tired, parents, kids, everybody's tired and it's been a long year and just to hang in there and hopefully we've got a new year coming and hopefully things will be a little bit easier and back to normal and we get to celebrate being together again. That's awesome. I appreciate your heart. Yeah. And Josh, you have a unique perspective because you're an administrator, right? So slightly different. Um, but you get a front row seat to just all watching teachers walk through this and then having to like help walk teachers through all of this and all of that stuff. So what's that been like from your perspective this last year? Oh, it's been so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. Um, no, it's, it's, it's been complicated. I know there's a, a lot of teachers in the room at our school here, uh, but there's been teachers all over that hybrid or, or completely online or in person like we did. And it's just been complex trying to trying to balance the two of wanting to do a good job for your students but also meet parents with their complexities and also hold your own fears and concerns and all those complexities but while somehow trying to do this thing that we're called to so it's just i think complexity has just been a really good word the to right word yeah. yeah it's a good one so what then for you has encouraged you right it's like there's these moments i know there's moments that have been difficult for you for sure but i also know there's probably been some moments where you're like will you look at that right where something has just encouraged your heart and what you've seen in other people here this last year yeah there's uh I, I, there's a story that i think pretty much sums up the heart of of what i know of most educators and that there was one teacher that we had that was 
really open and transparent about the the fears that she was holding uh, or just all the complexities. I'm not, I'm not sure the news changes every day. I'm not sure what the reality is, but also at the same time wanting to hold, but I want to do a really good job for these students and the social emotional needs they have and the physical needs they have. And watching her uh, still those things being authentic to who she is, but still every single day getting down with these little learners and putting her arms around them because she knows that what they needed. I think that really exemplifies the heart of what most educators have been stepping into, still doing the right thing, even though they may be scared to death. And that's mostly what I've been observing this year. That's powerful. Yeah, that's an amazing way to love another human being, right? I love that. Um, so I think, I know this is true. A lot, of, a lot of educators would love to hear a moment of encouragement from their administrator. Like I just know that in general, that's true. So you are an administrator and collectively, and you're also a leader around here, love you, love our school. Um, and so just for you as a collective voice, you know, representing that perspective, what kind of encouragement would you offer to all your fellow educators that may be joining us online or are here with us? Yeah, I would just say education. I think most of us know it sometimes is a really thankless job that it does not get the weight of all that it actually brings. But I would say that if you're an educator or an administrator, however you've been serving in this past season, that you are seeing what you've done to Sarah's point, it does matter. It has value. You are loved. You are appreciated, even though it has been the peak of complexity this past year. Just know that what you have done and what you have walked through really does make a difference. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your heart. And let me just say for all of us, uh, if there's one thing that I would love for us as a church to take away from this, right? Whether you see it firsthand or whether you just kind of hear about some of these moments, here's what I can tell you is true in this amazing opportunity for us as Casas Church. It's this, that a little bit of encouragement can go a really long way, especially in this time of year. In the past year, how many times have we all heard or said the phrase, it's been a year? And it really has, hasn't it? For so many of us, the long sustained stress and uncertainty of everything that we have collectively faced has taken its toll. Within our surrounding community, specific professions like teachers have felt especially alone as they've hunkered down to weather the storm. And yet we've watched them continue to push forward as we wonder how do they do it? What has fueled them? Maybe the online smiles from their students, or perhaps driven by their God-given purpose to love the students that God placed in their care. They've pushed through, choosing to shine hope into our upcoming generations. Teachers have persisted, but in reality, they've grown weary. And in times like these, all of us can choose to pour much-needed hope back into the hope givers, encouragement for the encouragers. As they near the end of this marathon race of a school year, we can be a tangible expression of love. Expressing words and giving gifts, we figuratively hand cups of encouragement to those that are thirsty and nearing the finish line. Teachers and school staff, wherever you are, we see you, we cheer you on. As you round the curve with the end of the school year in your view, we thank you for helping carry our kids through a year that surprised us all. I feel like we are together. One cost is working for the kingdom, so thank you. Morning. 
It's good to see you all. And just uh, watching that video, uh, like I am so proud of you all as a church. And I just, I think about um, the way you are blessing some of those teachers and those cards that you all uh, wrote. And just so you know this, um, we have enough cards that like, we're gonna be uh, giving them out to several more schools uh, this next week. And a bunch of our young people, uh, our middle schoolers and high schoolers have been involved uh, both in uh, getting those cards out, but also writing those cards as well. And so um, middle schoolers and high schoolers, I'm like just, it's great to have you as a part of this church and just proud of who you are and just how you have uh, attempted to navigate uh, all the stuff that we're going through. And we're doing all of this because encouragement matters, right? Encouragement is this really powerful, powerful thing. And uh, I, I, man, I got such a good uh, lesson in this. The, the, you know, the kind of lesson where you just like, you know, I, I would have rather passed on that kind of lesson, but, but since I got it, like it was a, a good lesson. Uh, like about two weeks ago, I had one of those weeks that is the week started off, there's just all of these things started stacking up, things to do. And, and it was just like, it felt like every area of my life just had these chaotic things that just were putting uh, time pressure and demands and all of these things on me. And and, and it just, and things to figure out. And it just, the, I could just feel the stress building in this. And, and I'm sure that like, you know, I'm sure none of you have ever had a week like that or thinking or like a year like that, right? Where it's just like one thing after another. And, and the thing that I experienced in it is it started stacking up. It's like, I couldn't turn my brain off at night because it's just like, oh my gosh, I think I got this thing figured out, but I, it's, man, it's gonna change tomorrow and I don't know what it's gonna change to. And just, and then as you can't turn your brain off, it's that thing where like, then I couldn't sleep very good. And as you, you know, when your sleep begins to diminish, then like you don't bring the best of you the next day and your problems feel bigger. And it just has that way of snowballing. Ever experienced that? Like, and I'm sure some of you as educators, like there have been like going through this whole thing trying to figure out the next thing at moments, it can be hard. And I think about families figuring this out. Like some of you, you know, in families, like, like you know, figuring out how to teach, how to help your kids and, you know, navigate this whole thing. It's, it's been a year. Um, and as that week started to build, like I really started feeling just like very quickly, like the strain and the pressure, like in this weird way. And it like started to affect me enough that this past week, and you know, on top of that, I had to get, go to the dentist to get a crown replaced. I'm just like, well, sure, of course, this is the week I have to do that. I go into the dentist, I'm sitting in the chair and I know the dentist, he's been a, a friend of mine for a long, long time, sitting in the chair. He walks in and he's like, so how's your week going, All right? And I, this just like came out of my mouth. I go, you know, actually, I'm kind of really looking forward to this, to just sit here and have a break from the rest of my week. Like, like, and he looked at me like, yeah, I don't get that very often. People usually aren't looking forward to seeing me, right? And just, so I submit to you, like, if you're at a place where going to the dentist to get a crown replaced is like a pleasant pause in your week from what's going on, You've got too much stress in your life, right? That's, uh, that's you know, it's a, it's a week, right? And yet, like, that's where I was. But, but here's the lesson that I got out of this, right? Just, like, going through all of that and just, like, feeling it. Um, I had one day in there where it's like God just lined up this, all of these people 
that had no idea what they were doing in the moment, but like just encouraged me and sometimes in the simplest ways, ways that they may not have understood. And it was all these like little things that all of a sudden made this huge difference. I, like one example is, uh, came out of a meeting and there was like three emails that I needed to work on. And they were, but they were those emails of the thing that's like taking care of a business thing or something. It was a necessary thing and an important thing and super time sensitive but it, it's not the reason I got into ministry, right? It was like taking care of that thing that was just pulling me away from like the ministry things and just feeling it. And I'm, and I'm sure some of you have, have gone through that. Like, like there are things that you have had to do, right? Like figure out Zoom and teachers figuring out how to teach online. I, I think about Sarah and some of the stuff that she shared. Like Sarah's been in uh, our small group for at least a couple of decades now. Like I know her, I've heard those stories and just, just watching Sarah navigate this stuff and go through that, it's just, I know so many of you have had to do, there are necessary, necessary things you had to navigate, but it's not why you got into teaching. It's not what you wanted your life to be about, but it's like suddenly like you're in it and navigating. I came out of one of those meetings. I was just like, there's no way that I can get all this done. And one of our assistants, Amy, uh, uh, stuck her head in my office. And just because she noticed that like, man, that like we piled, like a bunch got piled on there. And she, and she made a joke out of it and just kind of laughed. And all of a sudden I started laughing about it. And it was like so good, so encouraged. Just like to have someone who just says like, I see you. And there's an absurdity to it that like, let's just laugh about it, right? And then she said, I think I can help you and just sat down and helped me walk through a couple of those emails. I had a phone call from a friend of mine named Gary who just like, and he probably didn't realize it, but he just offered some help. And I asked a few questions about like a totally different thing. And it just, it was so encouraging to just feel someone that would say, I'll come alongside you and help you figure this thing out. Ever have someone that maybe um, as you were navigating things this past year, that just said, I can help you with that. I'll come alongside you with that. Maybe you're an educator and you had a parent or two that just helped you navigate something. Or maybe you were the parent and you find yourself trying to teach something and there was, there was that one teacher for one of your kids that just kind of went out of their way to help you help your kid. And there's nothing like being a parent and having someone help you with your kid, is there, right? And it's just so encouraging. I had uh, on that day uh, near the end, uh, I, I was uh, wanting to get to our sermon meeting. So we have this meeting every week where whoever is preaching gets to meet with the other preachers and we do a bunch of background work and we collaborate. Uh, we, we, and there's so much that happens in that meeting that helps whoever is preaching. And I was already way behind on my sermon for this past Sunday. And I was like, I need to get into that meeting. And literally minutes before I get in that meeting, sure enough, like there's this thing that comes up and I need to, like, I've got to give it attention. And it's like, I, I've got to cancel the sermon meeting, right? And I'm just like, I cannot believe this. And this beautiful gift, uh, Ryan and Seth and Stacy are like, you know what? You go take care of that thing you got to take care of. We're going to go and still meet and we will work on your sermon for you. We'll work on background. We'll, like, we'll help put some stuff together and one of us will swing back and like, like hand you this stuff that you can then build off of. And they didn't know what they were doing in that moment, but it was like such a gift to just like have someone that's just 
encouraging and like helping you. There's something powerful, friends, about encouragement. When you're at those stressful times when life is stacking up and it just feels a little overwhelming, right? And I bet there's been a lot of that going around this last year, hasn't there? You've felt it. I bet there's been moments where you felt someone who gave you encouragement. You know, here's the powerful thing about encouragement. Encouragement has this way of taking a stressful, difficult situation and filling it with energy and gratitude. I came through that day and I I looked back and all of these little things that just were people encouraged me in one way or another. And it's like, it filled me for, I was like ready to take on the next day. And I was so grateful. Like, and and my circumstances didn't change. It was the encouragement that filled me with energy. And what I'm wondering is how many of you need a little energy right now? Right? You feeling that? Yeah. I bet there's moments as you navigate this, you just go like, man, I need some energy. I think about our students, right, that have graduated and, and what they have lost in all of this time. And I think about what we as a church did to give them a graduation party, to give them like that experience. And, and I just think about those students, you know, hearing Stacy talk about that and how, how it filled them with energy and just like, it's just a, like encouragement is a powerful thing, friends. There's this uh, fantastic story that unfolds in the Old Testament. There is this time when the Israelites are going to go on what they think is going to be like a two to three week journey. They're going to travel from Egypt into what we know as modern day Palestine, two to three weeks max. And it turns into like a, an epic struggle a struggle for life, a struggle for food and water. They get uh, pulled into regional conflicts and battles and internal strife. And I mean, it's just, and it's just stacks up and they end up being pulled into this for like four decades. And you just, you feel all that they're going through in this. Although I will say this, the one thing they didn't have to deal with was like mask protocols and figuring out the whole mask thing, right? We, like, we carry that burden to figure that thing out in there. But they go through this thing, and there's this moment where God does something for them that I want you to see here uh, this morning. It's, it's found in the book of, of Numbers. Um, and it's just, it's this just small but really beautiful and powerful uh, moment. This is found in Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. And it starts off in verse 22. It says this, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. So in in this epic struggle that they're going through, and you know, uh, there were moments when they did well, but there were a lot of moments when they didn't do well. They, like, they didn't bring their best. Have any moments this past year where you just look back and you go, man, I was doing, I I was trying hard, but I, I, there are a lot of moments where I didn't bring my best. Because it's like, it's been a struggle, right? And I love that God says, I want to bless them. So here's how he does this. Here's here's what it it says. Finish out the passage in this thing that he says. Say to them, this is what God's saying, Moses, Aaron, this is what I want you to say to the people. Coming from me, say this to them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you 
and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. You know, those are beautiful words. And so often we've heard those words and we love how they flow. And there's like this poetic, beautiful nature to them. But I think that those words brought energy and gratitude. And you know, those words, those are words that we need today too. I think about what God says to them. He starts off and he says, um, the Lord bless you. You know, the whole idea of blessing is just to bring good. You ever thought about that? That God, like even in the midst of difficult circumstances, like what we have faced this past year, there are things that God wants to do that are good things. Like he looks at you and he wants to bring good to your life. Like I want you to think of God seeing that in you. Um, uh, the, the next two portions are my favorite portions out of, out of uh, this. Uh, like it, it's not a prayer, but this like blessing that God offers uh, the people um, when he says, and keep you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Have a moment, parents, maybe where you just thought you were losing your grip on this thing, right? Your kids are online, your kids are in the house. You've got to go to work and like, what do you do with your kids? Or maybe you wanted the house to yourself and your kids are like on top of you and yet they're trying to learn and you just like, I'm losing my grip, right? I don't know how many times I have heard people this past year say, I'm losing my grip on reality maybe a little bit here, right? We've all felt that. And you hear this and you realize what God is saying is, you know what, you, I'll keep you. You may feel like you may be losing your grip on all the things that are stacking up, but know this, I've not lost my grip on you. I've got a hold of you. I will carry you through this. Isn't that encouraging? Ever have a moment when, you, when someone comes alongside you and says, yeah, I, I know you feel like you're losing your grip but I got you. I see a way forward and you're going to make it. Ever just trust someone because they came alongside you and said, you're going to make it? Students, did you have a teacher? Did you have a parent? Did you have a friend when you just thought you were losing your grip on it? And they said, you're going to make it. You're going to make it to graduation, right? It may be a different kind of graduation, but you're going to make it. Hang in there. And it's because like they're saying, I've got a grip on you. And that's God saying that to you and to me in this. He goes on. I love the next part where he says, and make his face shine on you. How many of you have ever watched the face of a grandparent when their grandchild walked into the room or maybe jumped into their lap? Remember the look on that grandparent? Maybe if you're a grandparent here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, right, because we've seen it in you how your face just lights up at the delight of that grandchild. And like, I've watched this uh, with my own parents, when their grandkids, when one of my kids would jump in their lap. And I mean, my kids, like there'd be times when they were oblivious to, to what, what my dad or my mom uh, thought about it. It just, but I could see it in them. I, whether my kid realized it or not, like my parents, they just lit up. This, this is like, they're, they cherish their grandchildren. And what God is saying to them is, I want you to know this. Your presence, 
who you are, it lights me up. There is something about you that I love, that I delight in, that my face just shines and glows at the thought of you. And what I love about this passage is God is saying, and I want you to know that. I want you to know as you walk through a difficult moment, you delight me. And we all need that at moments. Because there's moments, right, where life gets tough or confusing. And God's delighted, loves you, loves you in your best moment and loves you in your worst moment. Last thing he goes on and he says, and turn his face towards you. And I love that because it is this different idea. It's not just that his face shines with who you are, but he turns his face towards you. In other words, I see you. And there's something about going through something difficult and having the encouragement to know that someone sees you. And words, friends, these words are for you. And as you think about this moment, as we've come through this year, and as you went through this year, students, man, uh, God's delighted with you. And through thick and thin, like he was there, loves you. And it's just like, there's something there to sing about. There's something there to celebrate. And I think about all of you that are educators, uh, moments where you had to learn uh, new things and it seemed like as fast as you were on top of one thing, I bet it had to change on you again. But you know what? Like, here you are, like you made it, like you're at this place. And you know what? We see you and there are students that see you. And we're grateful that, like, that, you, that, you, that you went through this and did that. And we celebrate you because of that. And families, for all that you had to figure out and endure. And parents, like what would the world be without parents, right? It is beautiful. And, and I think having come through what we have come through, like we can honestly say we got to experience God's goodness in so many ways through our educators and through our parents and even moments as students where you encouraged us by the way you kept showing up and finding a way through. And so as you think about this, even in those moments where maybe you'll struggle, there's something to celebrate here. You know, um, you may not realize this, but we sing these words all of the time. You may have even recognized those words. You may not realize that, but the song that we sing about this, like it comes from scripture here and it was God's words to you. And so this morning, as we think about and celebrate where we've come and just to celebrate you as educators, especially this morning and thank you, let's sing these words. Let's sing these words because this is God's encouragement to us. This is the God that we've given our hearts and our lives to. He cares about us and there is something to celebrate here this morning.